Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is Side Note. A podcast where every episode we tell stories and debate a controversial subject. And then we research and splice in all the science and mind-blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. We're actually going to be doing this podcast live in Toronto on Sunday, which is September 23rd at 4.15 at Second City with Just for a Laugh. That was a lot of really like intense information I just gave out really quickly, and I hope it all registered with you. Okay, so get your tickets online. Just type in Just for Laughs and Side Note. That's honestly the easiest way. Like, that, like what am I going to do? Say URL in such a vocal medium, right? Okay. So the subject we've chosen for Sunday is very controversial for me and Mitch. Uh, and like in Montreal, when we did it live last time, the audience will decide who wins the debate. So we hope to see you there. We'll meet you there in Toronto. I don't know. Maybe we'll go get like coffee at Timothy's after. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, and if it's past September 23rd, 2018, and you're listening to this, sorry the ship has sailed and you messed up. Today we are talking about gay marriage. Okay, We start with some stories about a really Catholic wedding and whether or not all marriages are inherently gay. And then we have a big debate about whether or not Mitch and I should get married. Uh, We kind of disagree, which is a little bit skeptical and dangerous for our relationship. Rolling. I'm rolling. I'm high on ecstasy. <laughs> Just is that what people say? <laughs> oh my gosh, Mitch! Whoa, we've never been to a rave. God, live a little. Wait, do people actually say rolling? Yeah, is like I'm true? rolling on Molly, bro. Okay, Whoa. what did I learn this week? <laughs> oh, what did we learn this week? I guess oh, right I learned about. Um, I guess I learned about Molly. But um, no, I did actually learn something kind of interesting, fully unrelated. But I'm just going to jump into it. Was that men whose firstborn child is a girl? are actually more likely to support support policies that promote gender equality than men who have their first child as a boy. Wow, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I guess it seems sort of obvious in a way, and I almost see it like my sister and her husband had a girl, their first first child, who's now like four or five, and definitely I think he's way more aware of, like, gender issues and, like, her uh, her in the world is, like, a different thing than if he had a boy, right? So even if it's people who have boys, it's not that they're not supporting it. It's almost like they're blind to it sometimes. So it's like if you're a woman and your husband's a little bit sexist, misogynistic, you just got to <laughs> pray for that girl. Yes. Uh, what did you learn? So I learned like, I feel like mine are always sciencey, but like whatever. Okay. 
on brand again. But uh, so I, I'm obsessed with this magazine. It has a really cool title. It's very unique. It's called Science. Oh, <laughs> so niche. So, so we get them every original. week. I read them. Mitch does not yet, but I'm trying to get them into it. Well, I read science on the internet all the time. I'm like, I don't have time for magazines. Anyway. Oh, well, again, time. I read a lot of headlines. Do you read the details? <laughs> but okay, so what's really interesting is about electron microscopy and like it goes through the history of it from the beginning until now. Like it's so amazing what they can do now. I'm trying to think of the most bridged version to explain it to you. What I would say is that what they know, what they can do now is they can essentially shoot light at an, a really tiny protein. And depending on how the light is diffracted behind it, they can build that protein as like a 3D object. So we can actually understand what a neuron looks like, what the protein that huh. like that like binds to another protein looks like and the actual shapes and it the reason freaks me out that we can know like the shapes of like tiny little molecules i don't know why i just like imagine it's all fake and then i'm like so that's the thing it's not fake it's amazing and it maybe freaks you out but it is the it's so cool it's so cool it's the most important part as to why we've been able to like build drugs and like actually do a lot of cures it's amazing science but my point is is that it scientifically proves how our diagrams that we use in our videos are accurate oh like you mean the drawings that we've kind of based them off in the so, first place like p protein structures is what you're saying or? yes i'd say the best example is a neuron the way that we were taught in science textbooks mm -hmm. the way that we draw them in our videos is actually accurate it's not an abstract thought because that is the shape cool. of a neuron yeah. oh that's really cool there's a lot okay. of other ones i mean like oh, i'll link to it on my instagram like will i i don't know <laughs> anyways tweet it at least yeah like, that's an easier place to go check it i'm obsessed with electron microscopy okay moving on segue into what are we talking about today we are talking about gay marriage oh my god Ugh, the gays can't marry story time story time story time Story time. Okay, so when I think of marriage and I think of stories, I don't so much have a story about gay marriage because we've never been to a gay wedding. I know. I'm like, I, I'm so shocked because also as an adult now, I'm like, literally all my friends are gay now. Like, there's a stage when you're growing up and then you come out and then you're like, oh my gosh, gay people are so cool and now I can actively pursue them as friends. And now I'm like, I have so many gay friends, but none are married. None of them are getting married. All these straight people are getting married. It's not fair, but this is what I... <laughs> I've been to a lot of straight weddings and no gay weddings, yeah. This is what I was thinking. I think inherently that weddings are gay, right? Okay, like, think, okay, hear me out. So, like, <laughs> bachelorette and bachelor parties, it's, like, gendered parties where both people get so wasted. Like, a bachelor party, I'm sorry, but whenever I see bachelor parties on my Instagram, I'm like, that looks like a gay porn, mm. right? Like, it's a bunch of bros getting together, getting so <laughs> wasted. Like, I'm but sure... Like, forget the night. Yeah, like, oh, like, like yeah, what happens tonight? Stays in tonight, Chad. Like, what are you doing later? Like, you know what I mean? It's, very, it's like, that is gay. Engagement photos when, like, a couple goes and like frolics in wheat and like takes a photo of their engagement. Uh, that's gay. <laughs> Making people stop what they're doing to stare at you walk, like walk down the aisle. Like that's gay. <laughs> it's like, look at me. Look at me, honey. Oh, exactly. Also, the number one wedding first dance song is Shania Twain's You're Still the One. You're Still, still the One. I love. That's gay. Ooh. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I mean, I know we got gay marriage here in Canada, but we didn't need it because all marriages are gay. Okay, I have to pause for a second. I fully agree. But is that the Shania song or is it a different one? Oh, no, it is a different it's one. It's not that one. It's, um, no, it's the, oh, it's so It's good. the one with Brian Adams, you know? No. Like, oh, there's a duet. I believe in you, in love. Oh. Can't wait to spend my life Yeah, that means. 
so, wait. Yeah. What is that one? Things came true because because of you. Because of you. No, it's from from this moment. Yeah. Which okay, makes total sense because the moment of like getting married and it's like having all these people gay. watch you gay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I couldn't agree more. So technically we've only been to gay weddings. Um, have you like, I don't have, I'm sorry. I, I've never been to a gay wedding and it makes me really upset. I don't have any stories about it. Ugh. I was thinking about the first one of the first weddings I went to and how strange of an experience it was. So it was, was I with you? I think you were, um, and it was weird because obviously, I mean, many weddings like are religious, but many are not. Like we have friends who are getting married who like obviously you get married through religious institutions, but you're not necessarily a religious person. It's like now people are getting married like praising the devil at like coffee shops and stuff. Yeah, and it's you're like, like whoa. cute. <laughs> uh, no, but I just remember like, of course I support these people in my life and I'm not going to say any names. <laughs> uh, but no, it was just a very strange experience. I think also as like young gay men seeing like that the priest in this wedding was like really, do you remember this? I know what you're talking about now, was, yeah really like misogynistic misogynistic like everything he explained was like about how her role would be to like tend to him and his need in the kitchen and he'll take care of the cars and all the manly things and she'll take care of the children and make sure he's happy and it was like this is like not that long ago and we were all not we all, but like but I remember you and I. Things, were, he'd be like, and when you get home from working on your car and you yeah. just need a beer, I was like, wait, <laughs> like, what? what? And you don't even know these people because like clearly that's not their relationship. Like, and that's they, when I'm skeptical about that priest. I'm like, that's really what you think men do? You <laughs> Well, that's another story also, like getting into the priesthood. We can get No, it's a red time. flag, what? being a priest. Okay, well, hey, talk on. about gay. I mean, okay, well, not no, just stop gay. it. No, we are not right. going down. That's no, different. Right. Oh my God, whoa. Not, no, okay. That's another yeah. thing. Uh, uh, yeah, that is not gay. We should edit that out. <laughs> no, um, a lot of priests are gay, but that is fully separate <gasps> from pedophilia. Okay, I'm not going there. Oh I'm my god! Because like, I was gonna be like, are even a lot of priests gay? You, you think know a lot of priests are gay? I certainly hope we put a side note right here, <laughs> because I don't know. Because I just I thought, think it's extremely problematic that you just said a lot of priests were gay okay, when well, you're they're predators on little children who happen to be boys because it's easiest access to them. A content warning that I'm going to be talking about abuse and sexual abuse of minors. If you want to fast forward this part, feel free to. There is a stereotype often perpetuated by the Catholic Church that pedophiles are more likely to be gay men. Though there is an overwhelming and tragic amount of abuse of children within the Catholic Church that has been covered up for literally centuries, why is it happening? Does it have anything to do with sexuality? In 2011, a study that was actually commissioned by the Catholic Church investigated the causes and context of sexual abuse of minors by priests between the years of 1950 and 2010 in the United States. The majority of priests who were given treatment following an allegation of sexual abuse also reported to having sex with adult partners. And the study found that priests who had same-sex sexual experiences either before the seminary or in the seminary as adults, with adults, were not, not more likely to abuse minors. Another part of the study found that those priests who were abusing, less than 5% of those priests showed behavior that was consistent with a diagnosis of pedophilia. 
So pedophilia is a psychiatric disorder that is characterized by recurrent fantasies and urges and behaviors about prepubescent children. So really, it's inaccurate to call these abusers pedophiles. On another note, the ratio of heterosexual to homosexual pedophiles has been calculated to be approximately 11 to 1, meaning there are significantly more heterosexual pedophiles than homosexual pedophiles. So what are some links that actually are related to abuse? A priest is more likely to abuse a minor if they were abused as a child themselves. Priests who lack close social bonds. Priests whose family talked super negative about sex. These individuals were more likely to sexually abuse minors than those who had a history of close social bonds or positive discussions about sexual behavior as a child. Okay, so if being gay is not related to abuse, then why are more young boys abused than young girls? What this comes down to is access. For example, through the role of altar boys in the church. However, when access to female youth increased in the 1990s, abuse of females as a percentage of victims also increased. Admission of women to the priesthood and reevaluating the rules of celibacy could prevent further abuse. However, these steps are highly unlikely to take place. It can't be ignored that these priests have so much power and so much protection. And the science shows that ultimately, with power comes corruption. But the idea to remove homosexual priests from the priesthood is a scapegoat and not helpful. It is false to equate homosexuality with the abuse of children. That, that could fully be true. And maybe I've just been misled that lots of people who have a lot of self-hate and try to contain it will go and are told by religion, like what you are is wrong, end up forcing themselves. And I think this is fully separate from people who necessarily sexually abuse young yeah, children. Yeah, oh my God, we need to like move away from here, which yeah, I'm okay. sweating. Okay. <laughs> anyway, this wedding, this wedding was uh, fine. It Catholic. just was weird. And it was, yeah, it was very religious and made me very uncomfortable. Also, and I was just surprised. I was like, why isn't everyone okay with this? Like, did you know he was going to say this? We stuff? all talked about it after. We're like, this is so brutal. Like, we were young too. It's like, we weren't even that woke. <laughs> we weren't even fully woke yet. But we were like, this is so awful to listen to. Also, they got married really young. Hashtag Catholic. And one thing that's not good about getting married young is that your friends don't have any money. And I remember we literally almost A, didn't even get them anything. And then we had to ask, uh, we're like, what do we do? Yeah, because we didn't know. Not because we weren't good people. But we were like, there's like a way that you're supposed to give like $100 because like that at least negates your meal and the mm-hmm. cost of the wedding or whatever. And I don't even know if we did that. Whereas now when we have weddings, it's like, our friends, like we, everyone has jobs. It's like people are, right. you're actually making more money. It's like as an from an investment perspective, you have to wait to get married so that your friends can help fund you. <laughs> so true. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's silly to have a young wedding because no one can f- financially support you. Whereas now we're like, oh my gosh, I want like these are my best friends. Like I want to give them as much as I possibly can now, not just to like fill the gap of like what they paid for the meal, but to actually help them in their lives. And also, it was like I was young, open bar. The way I drank back yeah, then, it was like, they oh, lost I sucked money. you dry. You <laughs> lost money. That is for sure. You lost you, money. You sucked who dry? Okay, we are not talking about inappropriate gay sex. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. All right, so we will take a short little break. And when we come back, you're going to find out whether or not Greg and I are going to get married. Okay, (laughs) you're listening to my voice right now, which is so weird. And you probably think I can't see you, but I can literally see you. I'm looking at you right now. Oh, your eyes just widened. Oh, my God. You you look cute. You look really cute. Okay, so what you're going to do, open your phone. 
And in whatever way you can, based on how you listen to this podcast, you're going to try and like it. You're going to try and write a comment. You're going to subscribe. You're going to call your friend and be like, you need to listen to Side Note Podcast. Is a po- <laughs> Side Note Podcast. Okay, podcast is literally blowing my mind. But what we need you to do right now is just comment. Do whatever you can to help the algorithm, the little AI machine that is control of who gets to see this. So I know I fumble my words a lot. It's because I actually put some vodka in my cereal. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. And we will get back to the show. So if this was like a wing restaurant, we're about to get a little spicy, <laughs> like maybe even like super spicy because we're... Is there, a, is there a wing flavor called divorced? Oh my God. Wait, we're not even <laughs> married yet. It's about whether or not we're going to get married. Okay. It's, it's like, is I the wing spicy. flavor engagement? Okay. Oh my gosh. We are obviously never going to get through our wedding. Debate time. What I want to say right now is that I think this is a bit of a hot take because I am going to tell you, Mitch, that I do think that I might want a wedding that's a lie you're lying to me no i and my take is that i actually don't think we should get married okay so what here's the tea honey one two the tea making the make a sound of a door slamming because i'm walking out (laughs) storming out of here he's so mad oh my god greg is so mad he just ran out um and i'm back okay okay, what do you mean you don't want to get married mother well Actually, you're someone who exposed me to some of these ideas first. So I never had watched the show called Queer as Folk, and Greg is obsessed with it. And in university, you got me to watch all those seasons. And there was like a really succinct explanation of why I don't think that um, gay people shouldn't have the ability to marry. So I'll clarify that. Like, of course, I think any gay people who want to be married should. Because that's about equality. <laughs> exactly. And But I do think like... Why do we need marriage? Like, it is not something that I think is necessarily that important. If, and this is a big if, because to be honest, I don't really know the legality of it, but we're obviously common law. We've lived together for a long time. Like, we own a home together and that sort of thing. Assuming, and a dog, aka a child. Yes, but assuming that the the laws are the same for common law as like a full marriage and that we have the same rights and the same protections and all that sort of thing, then I'm like, I don't need to subscribe to this like religious institution that I'm not even a part of just to feel like more accepted by society that in the first place has rejected us for so long. I'm so happy that many people get to enjoy it and, and value like weddings as an important thing or marriage as an important thing. But I'm like, I, I don't need a ring to know that we love each other. Like, isn't that also kind of weird? Okay, so I'm going to go the complete opposite and that I want a ring, okay? I want you to buy me a really, really, really nice ring. Actually, I want it to be like a really thoughtful ring. Like, I don't want it to be expensive. I want it to be like that you've like foraged. I want you to have to like go on a trip and forage it like in some really interesting part of the world and like get it for me. (laughs) I don't want it to have like, you know, like capitalistic like financial value. I want it to like, I want you to fight for it. Uh, What are you talking about? (laughs) My ring. Okay, the second thing that I want uh is a party so that i'm re- i'm trying to like like okay so but i can't tell if you're being real like I, that ring thing can't be real it is i don't want an expensive Greg, ring i want a hard challenging ring to find you want me to go forage you a ring yes you're, you a ha- root system from an interesting plant okay. i'm not kidding so that a uh hold on to that but i guess if you don't want to get married we'll talk about it later second of all i think i do want like a party which is the thing that like i wasn't sure that i wanted because i'm trying to like so my 30th birthday is coming up and I'm like really weird with birthdays. Hint, hint. He's like, and Mitch better be planning something amazing. No, my point is that like, I'm like, I've always struggled with my birthday. I, I'm bad at receiving gifts. I'm bad at receiving compliments. Compliments. 
There is a lot of psychological research about why it is so hard sometimes to feel like comfortable and present while receiving gifts because it's actually so common. Okay, so for me, when someone gives me like gift, I kind of like panic. I start to sweat. My mind wanders. I start to turn like fake. I'm like, oh my God, thank you. Like I've never seen a candle before. This is like increds. And looking back on the experience, I'm like, I love receiving gifts. It's just I become a total maniac when it starts to happen. From a psychological perspective, it seems a lot of this has to do with how you are raised. Like, for me, I was raised with the idea that it is better to give than to receive, to be more charitable, to put other people first, which... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Seems like a good thing because you don't become like a narcissistic monster, but this can make you untrained to receive compliments and gifts. In many ways, we are all taught to believe it is selfish to receive gifts and compliments. Like, even for me, if someone tries to compliment me on something, I'm just like, oh my god, look over there, a seagull, run! If you find gift-giving and receiving hard, you may also be shying away from intimacy. Gift-giving and receiving is all about that connection you have with the person. And if you have a hard time, like, gazing into someone's eyes, for example, you may have a hard time receiving gifts. Another aspect is that a lot of people sometimes freak out when they receive a gift about, like, how they're going to reciprocate. And it takes you out of that moment that's supposed to be shared right then and there. Okay, so Oprah's website has some, like, hilarious ways to help deal with this. Like, one tactic was to go around your house and pick up any gifts that have been given to you and hold them for 10 seconds and say, bye. I accept this gift. This will definitely make you look like a serial killer to your neighbors. I don't think I'm going to do this one, but for me, my birthday's coming up, so I'm just going to try my best to look into whoever is giving me the gift's eyes and say thank you. And if I'm like way too awkward, I may just like explain what's going on for me and make sure that I follow up with them later in a more authentic way when I'm calm. Okay, this is for the gift givers out there, which we all will have to be at some point. When it comes to giving gifts, studies show that people spend too much time trying to be sentimental with their gift giving, that they forget about practicality, which is actually what people want. Most people would rather pay more for a gift certificate for a fancy restaurant that's far away, but studies show the receivers of gifts would actually prefer a gift certificate to a cheaper restaurant that was close by. When you think of the person, instead of thinking how to blow their mind, just think, what would they actually want? Okay, so essentially, when it comes to gift giving, we all just need to chill out. I don't want it to have to be about me, but there's something about like it being my 30th birthday party that makes me think people are going to get drunk and have fun. And I, I want, I think for us, I don't want to get me I don't want to put the ring on the fi- like I want like, I don't want a so wedding you just want me to forage for a ring for no oh, yeah, reason no, forage for a ring <laughs> give it to me on my private time we'll gaze into each other's eyes and then 
I want like the wedding to be super like, oh my God, like I've never been to a wedding like that because like they didn't even get married. It was just like a party <laughs> that we're all at with our friends and our family. Because like, uh, for example, our extended families, like they don't always hang out and it's like everyone has to come to a wedding the best they can. It'll be in Toronto. It doesn't need to be anywhere. We'll pay Duff's, there'll be chicken wings everywhere and it'll just be the most fun party. Um, so you just want a party. You don't want a wedding. But I want a party that everyone feels like they have to go to <laughs> and have to have so much fun at. And then it's like, it's like if we get divorced, it's like less of a big deal because everyone's like, well, that was a really fun party. It's not like, oh, they're, I don't want any of that like cheesy. Ceremonious. Yeah. So, and I don't, and I don't want any, and I don't, I want it to be weird because I don't want it to get weird with the families. Like, I don't want my parents to have, like the nice thing about being gay is that you don't have to have a wedding. Like, yeah. I feel like there was more pressure for my sister because that's like what. The, but when, but parents and like family, they're always like, oh, they're gay. Like, we don't, like, is it weird to be even asked? Like, when like are you it's almost rude. Like, they're like, is it rude to be like, when are you getting married? You can just dodge it way <laughs> easier. And like, I think weddings can come with a lot of like stress of like, mm-hmm. like I don't want chicken or fish. No chicken or fish. You show up at eight and you party, even if you're my great aunt. That's what I want. Okay, so you don't want a wedding. I like, I like it's so <laughs> funny. Marriage. No, it's so funny. Because also, like, do you differentiate between like a marriage and a wedding? Okay, wait. Let me think about that for a second. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, my God. Because like the wedding is the party, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, is Yeah, it, you're right. Because okay. well, the wedding is the ceremony as well, but like the marriage is the oh, thing that yeah. is after <laughs> and forever. And we're talking about gay marriage. Yeah, but no, I'm down to talk about weddings and stuff too, because honestly, why are we going to spend this much money? Oh, oh, because um, it's going to be unforgettable. <laughs> okay. So... <sighs> So you just want to tell people though it's a wedding and then they just show up and you're like, it's a party, surprise. So I want people, okay. <laughs> I want people to like really take it seriously so they show up. But yeah. then won't they be like where I want it? Like everyone's going to want to see a ceremony. Oh, and I do want to have a first dance to a Bjork song called Unison. And I kind of want projectors of like all the places we've traveled on the walls while we dance. <laughs> so that's a little bit more like a wedding. A wedding, yeah. Okay, I think... Do you want I, that? I obviously would be into having a big party to like celebrate our love. Oh my but god, it are you serious? Like, it just feels like a little narcissistic. But I love it's. You're at all this, narcissistic. Your middle name. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> You're marrying this. No, I. I. It's weird because when I see like m- my really close friends or family that have been married, that you know. I've had a great time and I never view it as narcissistic, but there are certain aspects of the weddings and even of marriage, which we can talk about in a minute, that are just like seem kind of wasteful, seem kind of like very stressful. Like you think right now we're just going to plan this party. But as soon as you tell your parents, my parents, grandparents, whatever, that you're having a wedding, they're all going to be involved. They're all going to think they have the right. And they're going to say, why isn't this auntie and this uncle invited? Why isn't this family friend that you barely see, but it's close to us, not invited. And then you're going to say, this is no longer the party I thought it was with just like, just only the people I want. It's rude if I don't invite X, Y, Z family member that I barely ever speak to. I just think like weddings. Yeah. It's, you're really also pleasing everyone else. Like, when I go to weddings, there's often this moment where the bride and groom have to go to every single person at every table and go, oh my God, thank you so much for coming. Are you having so much fun? Oh, you're having so much fun. As far as you're having fun, right? Like, tell me it's worth my money. And you're like, yeah, so much fun. But then you like barely even see the bride and groom because like they have to make sure they dedicate their time to everyone. And I just think that's a lot. Like that's something I, I don't like that responsibility. That's brutal. 
and you, I hate, it's expected. Actually, I, I don't like. Yeah, whenever like that, Brian Green comes to my table, I'm just like, okay, like you just you don't like, need to come here. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, don't like, worry we'll party about later. Me. Yeah, 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 and like and like also like this uh, chicken's dry, so <laughs> not having that much fun. Yeah, wedding food also never that good. Never. Occasionally, good. I've been to weddings where I'm like, oh, this is like a good wedding. Like in terms, we of we went food. to a vegan wedding and it was the best food we've had because I think they had to like not chicken or fish it. You know, like, like do you they, remember that? It was. It was Meg's wedding. The food um, was incredible. Yeah, I have a bad memory. I'm just trying to think back on what it You're actually so was. We like, like talked about this. For, anyways, it's a. It was a vegan wedding, and it was delicious because I think it was like yeah, they had to go to like a different source. But you're right. The food at weddings, and it's always so awkward because everyone's like, "Oh my god, did you? Lo- oh, I loved my chicken." I'm like, "Are you <laughs> no, like, 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 did you?" Because like it I was a chicken at home. Yeah, like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not even a good cook. Anyways, we obviously haven't been to any like bougie weddings, I guess, but. Okay, you're right. I immediately had a bit of a sweating panic attack at the thought of like how I'd have to talk to everyone. But here's my thing. There's a pillar in the middle. A pillar. A pillar. Uh, that, or maybe, oh. <laughs> Do you know what, what's a no, pillar? No, 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 no. Okay, there's like a booth where people can go in. Oh my God, I'm actually like, should I patent this? Like, <laughs> I'm a genius. There's a booth that people should go in and they record their message to you in the booth. So regardless of if they see you that night or not, because as I said, I'm not going to worry about what auntie or uncle's invited because they're all invited. There's going to be thousands of people at this wedding. Mm. Who's paying? Uh, we are. <laughs> uh, we're going to go under for this. Also, I don't know a thousand people. That was, again, narcissistic. So there's a booth where they can say their thing to you that we will watch later on our own time because I'm sorry, it's my wedding. I'm going to be on the dance floor ripping it up. I can't take you seriously right now. Okay, well, I'm actually being serious. I want to have a party, but I don't necessarily want any so of the what traditional do we think things. About, but I could throw a bouquet. What do we think about a marriage then? Okay, so this is the thing. This is where I'm going to come in, and I'm going to be on the same side as you. Because <laughs> I think it's true. I think I've also sort of influenced you in a lot. I do not think that marriage is a good idea. <laughs> I don't know that you've influenced this opinion on me. Like, oh, I, I thought think, you said that earlier. I didn't know. No, sorry. Oh. I meant like there was that one scene in Queer as Folk. I don't even know if oh, I got okay, to this. Sorry, I was yeah. just saying like they represent like why should we have to pers- uh, subscribe to this heterosexual yeah, like culture yeah. if we don't want to. Of course, that's why I was like people should be allowed to but and have the ability to. But it's also nice to be like there's something different about gay culture where you can totally be in a long-term committed relationship or a polyamorous relationship or anything you want. And not have to be married and that's totally cool okay so this is something that i genuinely believe in which is that when you put pressure on relationships i think it doesn't give them the autonomy and the ability to breathe and to flourish so i've noticed this a lot when a lot of people break up this is happening a lot on youtube a lot of youtube couples are breaking up they're saying i need to find out me in order to be together i said that in a condescending way but it's actually very true Mm -hmm. there's a lot of this feeling of like when you're in a relationship with someone you become so intertwined that you you lose yourself you lose yourself and the pressure of being in a relationship is only heightened when it's now being called a marriage and i think the reason why i wouldn't want to start to say that we were married wow i'm losing this (laughs) i just want a wedding (laughs) is because the more, and I try and do this in our relationship too, the more that we can come to the understanding of, you know what, if there is a time where we are not happy together and it would be better to break up, that is the right thing. Mm-hmm. And all couples should go through that. 80, we're just going to have longer lifespans. It's kind of insane to think that there would be this one person for you that whole time. The more pressure you put onto that, sometimes I think the more it can fracture the relationship Mm -hmm. and the harder it can be for you to then maybe flourish on your own. And I think that's something that I've learned a lot in therapy, which I genuinely think is important. If we don't get married and I try and do it with our relationship, 
our relationship is working for us right now. We're having challenges. We need to work on them. And the more that we can be on the same page of like, if this doesn't work out, you know what? The right thing to do is break up. I think the more, the less like ominous and weight that can be on you when you're just trying to fix something because you know you have to for others or for the what is it going to look like or all these things. And I think when you all of a sudden wake up one morning in your marriage, that pressure to make sure that things are okay becomes higher, which I think can actually damage a relationship. But I still want a wedding. For sure. I totally agree. And I think like some people might argue like, oh, but when you get married, you're promising that you'll push through those moments. Like you won't just hitch up and run at the first sign of problems. But, but it's then like, it's like if someone's going to do that, let them do that. Yeah, I'd rather them do that. Yeah. Like that's their own issue then. Yeah. And I just think I, I'm not wanting to bash people who get married. That's literally Obviously. like everyone. <laughs> yeah, like, like that's so many people. I don't want to bash everyone, most of the world. <laughs> Every straight person I know. But I just, I don't know. It just seems like unnecessary sometimes. And like so many people go into debt for it. So many people build such a vision of even like to your point, the wedding, you just had a crazy vision of something. And you know, when you have an over the top vision, oh my of God, something that night I'm going to be lighting shit on fire. I'm going to be like, this is not what I want. <laughs> yeah, like. Oh, I just realized I was going to call you a bridezilla. And I was like, that is a horrible term. Why isn't there like the groomzilla? Misogyny. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So weddings are also misogynistic. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. But that's, I mean, we could get into that, but I honestly don't think I have that much experience with it because I just, every time I go to a wedding, I'm like, this is cringe. This Mm. is brutal. Like, why is his, why is his dad giving away this daughter like that? It's creepy. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, like if you think about how, where weddings even originated, it was like, like, this is my daughter for a cow. And, like, let's combine resources as families so that we can, like, be, live together and be more successful and, like, have That's different smart. things. Yeah. Heads up, I am married. I'll try my best not to let my matrimonial bias infiltrate the conversation, but I wanted to give a brief history of marriage because it has changed a lot. There is so much amazing information, but I am going to try and challenge myself to keep it within two minutes, starting right now. Okay, so the earliest marriages had so little to do with attraction. It had a lot more to do with economics and acquiring power and sharing resources and establishing peaceful bonds between groups. So a classic famous example of this is Cleopatra and Julius Caesar. So uniting Egypt and Rome, the two most powerful empires at the time. But this wasn't just something that happened among like royalty. It happened in common folks as well. So if you are a farmer, it's really hard to operate a farm. So marry another farmer and that way you can divvy up the labor. Uh, If you're a baker, marry a baker. If you're a hardworking peasant, marry a hardworking peasant. So it's just this splitting up of labor. But then coming to the 1700s, 1600s, um, Jane Austen might be to blame for this or to thank for this, depending on your point of view. You got to marry for love. (laughs) Uh, It's got to be about attraction. Mr. Darcy, Ms. Bennet, even people who don't belong together in social class or group or uh, what work they do. Love can make anything happen. So that idea of romance gets really perpetuated that uh, romance means opposites and opposites attract. 
Oh, <laughs> and this idea is really goes down at the same time that like women and men are opposites, and that you can't be a whole person. You can't get those emotions and experiences and、um, skills unless you blend the two together. So this kind of dovetailed at the same time around the 19th century of、uh, this idea of men being the breadwinner. And women being homemakers, and this idea hadn't really been into play until the 19th century, which I found really, really interesting, and I did not know. Oh, oh, the timer went off. I failed. Okay, so I'm going to keep going. So the idea of breadwinners is actually pretty new.、Um, before then, you know, women would work in the home, but so did men, and you know, men wouldn't necessarily bring home the bacon. The woman and man would raise the pig together, and maybe the man would butcher it. But then maybe the woman would go to market and sell the bacon. So the gender role tasks weren't as so much defined. So this idea of opposites and women's work and man's work continues to perpetuate. But come you know more modern times, the 1960s and 1970s, things aren't really working. These roles aren't really satisfying everyone, and you're seeing the rates of divorce go up. Um, and so this idea of opposites attract and marrying your opposites starts to kind of break down. So moving forward from that, people are like, "No, I want to marry someone the same as me. I want them to have the same values and goals and ambitions, and I want them to be similar to who I am as a person." But then you start to see that break down because for centuries we've been told that opposites attract. So now you're trying to turn this person who's similar to you as being erotic and sexy, and that's hard to do. And on top of that, where you know you might have gotten your needs satisfied through a whole village in the past, now you're asking your needs and goals and desires to be satisfied by one person, and so that can also be pretty suffocating. And so that's where we're at with marriage right now. Not only should they be satisfying, you know, material needs and resources and helping out with day-to-day -day labor, they should be the love of your life. And they should make you feel like a better person as a whole. And they should be the only person who does all of that for you. And that's a lot of pressure. So who knows how marriage is going to change from this point on? But my prediction is non-monogamy may continue to grow in popularity. It made sense. Now it's functionally, it's just been turned into like. Uh, capitalistic environment where it's like, here's what you need to buy. You have to find someone who's going to organize the flowers. You need a wedding planner first of all. You need a photographer. You need a videographer. You need all these things. All these people. Cool, fine. We're stimulating the economy, whatever. But it is like it's the hallmark of occasions. That hallmark, which I also don't know where that. Oh my god, it came from that. Like they invented. Oh、weddings. my god, hallmark is from the hallmark of occasions. Well, even the idea of like wedding rings was like invented by a company who decided to make it like. Men need to give women these rings because it shows like your love, and there's like that saying like you have to spend like I don't know the actual number, but like a quarter of your salary, a yearly salary on a ring is like what a lot of guys are told. It's like literally, if you had a wedding, you're a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who was like, I want a wedding. I do. I'm a sucker. <laughs> like you know that. Okay. I think that we can end here. I think that what's gonna happen is we're gonna have a wedding. Yeah, but we're not gonna have a marriage. I want. Is that is that what you think will happen? Like, do you think we will have? What do you think will happen with us? To end so、it? I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna find out if this 30th birthday party that's a big party with a bunch of friends、with、and like、feel. my parents. If it makes me want to vomit, no wedding. If it makes me have the time of my life, wedding. So, so as everything else in our relationship, it all is up to your decision, J.K. But it feels a little like that right now. 
Oh my god, that is not how this relationship goes at all. You have no saying, idea. Your your decision didn't um, include me at all. Okay, that's part. true because I'm. Oh my god, it's like I just want one thing for me for once, okay, Mitchell. Yeah, no, it's it's good for you to understand at your party this weekend how you feel. Okay, grab the car keys. Gotta go get my three Teslas. Bye. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at WhaleWatchMePLZ on Instagram and Twitter. I'm sorry, my handle is so ridiculous. Or you can follow Mitch at Mitchell Moffitt. So the one thing we want to say is that we would love your opinion using using the hashtag side note podcast. What are some upcoming like controversial ideas or subjects that you want us to talk about? And ask us any questions because in an upcoming podcast, we might start to answer your questions. We just want to see like what kind of questions we get from you, what kind of things you're interested in, and we want to start to include you into the podcast. So let us know how you're feeling about it, and we'll see how we can incorporate you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.